Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the East End of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. And we are recording. Yes, we're back again. How are you guys doing? Very well. Good. We're in the August doldrums. I don't know if there's a word that's the word for it, but... Uh, but at least the weather broke, right? I mean, it's just been really nice. It kind of, Yeah, it's not, it's not bad. It's been pretty nice. And I'm starting to hear those, like, I don't know about your backyard, but in my backyard, I start hearing those night... night they're not crickets. I don't know if they're... Katie did it. Cic- cicada. I, they're, well, no, it's not the... Lined up. It's more the... The chirpy, not quite. Cra- I think they're Katie dids, but they tend to come out in like August. East, I, oh, all right. I think, and the mushrooms start popping up in the yard. That's how you know you're getting to the end, to the end of our crazy season, at least in my yard. What about your yard, Steve? My yard's full of weeds. Well, that's how you know. Yeah, that'll do it. Weeds are thriving. Yeah, or a lot of to- a, a lot of tourists turn around in the driveway. That's also the nature sign that season's going to be winding down soon hopefully so actually i can't get out my driveway on saturday mornings and sometimes midday i bet you've got a busy road there that's 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 a change over the years and you know anyway yeah that's rough all right well we're not going to talk about traffic today although maybe we are everything that everything leads back to everything else in this podcast we can talk about traffic which leads to affordable housing Oh, oh, there we go. If we could figure out a way to talk about affordable housing, I'm sorry, affordable traffic, we might, we might. <laughs> <have this problem. laughs> now you're right. something. So that was uh, Bill, Bill Sutton that you heard at the top of the uh, podcast there. Hey, Bill. Hey, Annette, I'm Bill Sutton. I'm the managing editor of the Express News Group. I'm Annette Hinkle and I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And also joining us is Stephen Coates. Hey, Steve. How are you? Hello, I'm Stephen Coates and I'm a reporter. Yeah, reporter extraordinaire. And uh, Steve's kind of kind of on the Sag Harbor beat, and we're taking it back to Sag Harbor this week, and back to something a little bit of deja vu going on here, and that's Adam Potter. And Adam, I don't know how do you describe him? A developer? Uh... In this case, he would have to be described as a developer. Since yeah, that's what he's, he's doing. He seems like he's worn several hats over the last couple of years. Um, so Adam Potter, uh, I guess the the quick way to no quick way to introduce this story. Um, so. Adam Potter initially was uh, working with the Friends of Bay Street Theater to help them try to build a new theater building in the West Water Street shops area where the 7-Eleven property was. And after purchasing that property, that plan went away. We're not sure why. It may have had something to do with the Sag Harbor Village rezoning of that whole waterfront district. But in the meantime, Adam Potter also purchased a number of properties that are just to the south of that um, 7-Eleven property behind the Sag Harbor Post Office. It's a series of little houses that are frequently flooded back there. And he bought this whole collection of buildings. And now he's brought forth a couple plans to develop that area and steve do you want to talk about the history of that and what we've seen come out of adam potter's plans sure uh for, the first things you mentioned flooding and the the uh, we should point out right away that the property that adam potter has purchased is slightly higher and doesn't really flood 
But I suppose because it's a couple of feet higher than the low-lying municipal parking lot to the south, that it would probably contribute to that flooding. So yeah. as part of his plan, that's one of the things he wants to address is the potential uh, to, you know, to, to control the flooding. That makes sense. And it's a, it's, so it's a 1.4 acre piece of property that's really made up. Of well, it's, it's like five different pieces of property. Right. And also right now there's sort of this collection of kind of like early 20th century little frame homes, right? So how you describe what's there? Yeah, yeah, those are yeah standard wood frame homes. Houses one, two, I think three of them, maybe four, no five, I guess. You know. Um, yeah. Are they occupied? Yeah, most of them have got tenants of one sort or the other. Yeah. There used to be a little restaurant in one of them spots. Remember that? Briefly, sure. Yeah. I love that place. It was like a little homespun restaurant. You walk through the kitchen and. It yep. kind of felt like somebody playing at restaurant, you know, like a breakfast place, wasn't it? Yeah. Place. And I think they did lunch, but it was really simple. It was all mis, you know, mismatched furniture and China. And it, it felt like your mom was like pretending she had a restaurant, mm. you know, right. it was really fun. Yeah. I loved it. My departed mother would, would have lost a lot of money trying to run a <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> she wants to feed everybody. Right? <laughs> um, so those are, that's the collection of buildings that, that, and I, you know, I don't know. It felt to me like maybe, and Steve, maybe you can speak to this. This is just guessing that he may have bought those properties with the idea that back when the Bay Street Theater plan was, he thought, a go, seeing it maybe as an advantageous to have this property adjacent to this nonprofit theater. And, and yeah, and, and he did, he began to buy properties after the plans for the theater were unveiled. And, and then he, you know, he announced that he'd purchased um, uh, 11 uh, uh bridge street which is is the the building that most recently was um it's now it's colette but it was uh dodds and eater the furniture place right 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 yeah and part of that plan i remember you know going back when when potter introduced his plans to um to to redevelop water street shops with the theater one of his pledges was to try to help existing businesses find new homes mm -hmm. and so what he you know he, what he did after that is he started to acquire the property to the south and why one of his original ideas was to move 7-eleven to where dodge and eater is and um th that was all done while the village was still in the midst of, of reviewing the waterfront overlay district rezoning Mm -hmm. And they, at one point, a convenience store was allowed there, which is office district, but they ended up tweaking the, the code and eliminating that use. And um, But in the meantime, Potter, you know, and, and I assume partners, because uh, they're all LLCs, kept buying property on, you know, in that little island between Bridge and Rose Streets. Yeah. So was, was it... Um... The, the the whole like rethinking of the business district and all that, I mean, was it kind of not great timing on his part because the village was rethinking how that whole region was going to be able to be used and that maybe he backed himself into a corner before they had come out with what was going to be allowed there? Yeah, well, in, in the instance of that, of the the um, possibility of having 7-Eleven, yeah, um, apparently he was. and And you could say the same thing the, the Scaboni family got kind of caught in that as well because they had 
plan to move uh, 7-Eleven to their new building. Which was um, a building, an older building that had been torn down when they remediated that gas ball property. That building had to be torn down to get to the soils underneath that. And this is the little parcel that's right adjacent to the Sag Harbor Post Office, right? Right, right. And sits in front of that parking lot, which is a whole other issue. That's the Keyspan parking lot that for several years has been um, been used by the village for free public parking and that Adam Potter um, has now been given the lease for, I guess, uh, beginning later this year, right? Well, I guess his, his, his lease has been affirmed because he outbid the village and two other, uh, there were two other um, bidders, apparently, I don't know who they were, mm-hmm. and and he outbid the village on a, by a factor of three to one. Wow. And um, We'll be curious to try to find out who those other two bidders were and what they would have wanted to do with that lot parking lot yeah i guess right it's all you can do um but it's like you know this, this is not the kind of thing that's probably um gaining him any friends in the village though right because it's just sort of seen as a private grab of a property that had been in more public use right yeah i mean and adam potter is 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 not the most popular guy in say harbor i mean no. that's and um so quite frank i mean he could he could propose a cure for cancer uh, and three boutiques and and people would find reason to fault um so you know there is that aspect of it yeah well and not not for nothing i think in sag harbor anybody could propose right. a cure for cancer and would be criticized for yeah. it so yeah because cancer is not that bad um but the <laughs> but the other thing but the other thing though is um the sort of like go, going to the heart of the resentment is this notion that when an outsider comes into Sag Harbor and says, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix your village," people yeah. really get their backs up about that. And yeah, I know what's good for you. And, you know, best intentions can can lead to a, a pushback. So the the current proposal, which which he he started talking about the other day. This is the the second iteration of a proposal. Steve, if you can talk about the first proposal that kind of disappeared and what the differences are between between the two. Well, and and first of all, I have not seen any sketches. Uh, the, the, as far as I know, the the file. It's it's Friday afternoon, and I do not believe that the file uh, that he's that he's filed his plans yet. Um, and so un- unlike the last time where he unveiled uh, various street elevations and things, um, the last thing was a hundred some thousand square feet of building. Uh, and that included about 33,000 ish of commercial space on the ground floors and then two story, bu- uh, three story buildings rather with a total of 79 apartments. Mm. And I don't have the figures in front of me, but but most of them were one bedroom, and it you know I mean, it, I mean he pitched them as a, as affordable housing. Those were all going to be affordable, yeah. And you know I mean it 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 came right as the village was adopting its affordable housing legislation, and I mean it the reaction was swift and the reaction was just about unanimous in opposition. 
Uh, they didn't like people didn't like the way the, the the buildings looked. They didn't like the notion of that much commercial space. They didn't like the notion of that many apartments. Um, uh, they didn't like the notion that there wasn't enough parking. Mm. Um, you know, you name yeah. it. The and environmental so, concerns, the flooding that we talked about earlier. That all of that stuff, right? And um, then what happened is is the, the group Save Say Harbor and and some other uh, residents as individuals sued over the over the the, the the zoning law that made it possible to have three story buildings in the office district, uh, provided they had affordable housing uh, apartments. Um, it. it made it much easier i mean so that um this thing never got anywhere in, in the review process he brought it uh potter and his and his um various um partners brought it to the village board for sort of an unveiling and it never that was that was as far as it got because the lawsuit was filed over uh the environmental review and the the judge threw the law out um he never addressed the law he addressed the fact that the village you know, the, the, the procedure pushed the the, the the review the environmental review was rushed and not not yeah. thorough um so conceivably i guess the village could have could have re-entered that law and held new hearings but it did not do that um and you know once that law was struck down that plan was was dead um there were some other problems along the way as well i mean the uh, some of the financial backers who were supposed to be um, helping with, you know, the, the 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 funding in order to 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 um, finance the affordable housing component backed out, and uh, so it was, you know, the, it was kind of a drift. So obviously, he owns this property, and you know, Potter owns the property, and he has a right to develop it. So he's now come forward with a new plan, and what. What struck me when I spoke to him this week, uh, you know, he said he he said, look, I'm he repeatedly he said it several times. I have listened to the complaints and the concerns, and I'm trying to address them. And I know there will be more complaints and concerns, and I will try to address them as well. So it sounded like he was trying to, uh, you know, to to you know smooth some ruffled feathers. And um, but so this new proposal. Uh, calls for a three-story building which would have 10 to 11,000 square feet of retail or commercial space on the first floor and then two floors of apartments. There would be a total of 30, 39 apartments, 20 would be market rate apartments, 19 would be affordable mm -hmm. and most of them would be two bedroom with them. I think, I think I believe 24 would be two bedroom and then the balance would be divided among three and one bedrooms. Um, he's the, the, for the first floor commercial, he was aiming, he said he wanted to, to, you know, that space to be occupied by either businesses that exist in the village now, or would be welcome in the village. Uh, and here comes like, you know, the, we always joked about the shoe shop, repair. you know, the shoe yeah. repair yeah. shop or the, the dry cleaner. The dry right. cleaner was another one. Not exactly an environmentally uh, sensitive business, but you know. Yeah. True, but um, it's yeah. contained, you know, um, and the, another building on the site would be a community center, which would have a a, a, a performing art space, a theater. Um, and it was told that this would not be related to Bay Street. Um, so that, it, that begs the question, who would it be for? 
some uninvented entity. That's the question. Does he have somebody in mind for this? Maybe the Sag Harbor Review is on its way. Um, <laughs> this particular building would also have uh, classroom space for continuing education, a youth center, which people in Sag Harbor have been talking about for a long time. Um, an office space for local nonprofits. And then the third element of the plan is, is for a, um, a, a little, I, I guess I call it a pocket park, um, but it would not be, it would not be um, maintained by the village. It'd be a private park run by a not-profit, not-for-profit, you know, which would also run that other, that community um, center building. Well, that's not, that wouldn't be unprecedented in the village either. You've got Mash Park, which is, which is right. a private park. Right, Yep, exactly. And um, so, uh, at face value, he's he's trying to give back to the community a little bit, and you know, um, hand in hand with with this development by providing community space and you know, in a park and and that type of thing. Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books. Independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sag Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books, collections, libraries, individual titles. Very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit SouthamptonSagHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. There's three other elements of the plan that um, that I, mean, I think are worth noting. The first is that he, he mentioned that all these sites have got um, they've all got septic cesspool systems that are outdated. Um, uh, and, you know, conceivably they could stay that way uh, till the cows come home, but he was going to connect the, the, the whole thing to the, the village sewage uh, uh, sewer system. Hmm. Which, which is, is not, not a cheap endeavor, I'm sure. Right. And it's interesting is that they, they do have the, the village has gotten some grants to extend sewer lines that way, which is, was planning independent of him, of Potter having purchased any of those buildings. That was a, a that was in the works long before that. Um, but nonetheless, he'll have to connect it. Um, another thing is that he's going to he's promised an environmental cleanup and uh, by environmental cleanup, you know, there, there's apparently residual coal tar pollutants in the ground groundwater. And and in the you know the uh, you know in the ground left over from the the gas mm -hmm. ball uh, Superfund site, uh, which I can't remember how many years it took to clean up, but it was several years, right? Do you remember Annette? I can't remember. The, yeah, yeah, that was when they, they uh, tons and tons, you know, dump truck after dump truck leaving that site full of contaminated soil. Uh, so is the soil that's contaminated right under that site? Is that the parking lot site, or is it leach? Parking lot is the old gas ball site, yeah, and that's 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 what that was that was the subject of the remediation, right? But there, apparently, there's apparently some of this stuff is sort of kicking around, you know, has spread around. Really? Um, the area's got a very very high water table, uh -huh. uh, so you know it's not that surprising that it would move around. And he said there were other 
things that they had discovered doing test cores, test corings, you know, uh, to, to get a sense of what was under there, right. and that he has pledged an environmental cleanup, which would probably require some some aid from the the state um, into a brownfield cleanup type money. Mm -hmm. And then the third thing is, as I pointed out at the top of this show, is that the um, the the, the 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 buildings he has, he said he's, that there's 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 not flooding problems in those buildings, but there is flooding directly south. Every time you get a good rain, uh, you the, the parking lot is, is is flooded. You have a hurricane, you have a couple of feet of water back there, and he has pledged a way to to retain as much of that uh, rainwater on site as possible, and, and would have some kind of a a sixty five thousand gallon uh, holding. Uh, Containment center. I, I, was, I don't know how what what it would be. Would it be like a swimming pool? I don't know. Would it be like? Would it be covered? I I I again. I haven't seen any of the plans. But he would. But that's a big. That's a big. You know. Uh, hmm. That's a big aid to that parking lot. Huh. Interesting. So um and like the one I'm uh, speaking of parking is is would is the assumption that he would use that gas parking lot for the parking for his new development he, he's going to the parking for the development as proposed would be on site so it would not use the gas ball parking oh. lot um, and at this point he has pledged to work with the village to keep the gas ball parking lot open uh, i i you know i don't know how that's going to to work um I mean, there's a lot that has to be done there. Yeah. Um, Interesting, huh? And it's also like these these little positive things are maybe his way of kind of greasing the skids to get his way when it comes to the development. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, it's possible. I don't. I don't want to speculate. I mean, I. No. You know, I. Uh, I'm just. I'm, it's pu public benefit, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, right. if, you know, if 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 it comes through. And there's one other element of this plan which is different than the previous plan, and that is um, he has called uh, he, he wants the the mixed use building to be developed as a condominium. Mm. So if uh, you know if Bill Sutton's uh, typewriter repair shop wanted to move in, uh, you would be encouraged to not just rent the space but to buy it. And is that the same for the apartments as well? Yeah, for both both the affordable and 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 the and the and the market rate apartments. That's interesting. Hmm. And with with the affordable being being, you know, they'd be enrolled in the village's affordable housing program, which is administered by the two towns, and they would have to remain affordable. So I I don't know what. Yeah, how you would do that? Would this be would it be considered a condo at that point? Because they, they would be considered condominiums. Because yeah. the problem always, that I always heard with the Boliva, I mean, Boliva's a totally different, you know, animal because it's like multi-million dollar um, apartments. But the problem was always like the the common charges that you can't prorate common charges for um for for affordable, you know, like a, the the common charge mm -hmm. the common charge divided by the apartments, and then if the common charge the common charge themselves could be so high that it makes the apartment unaffordable. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah, that's. That's, that's interesting. an interesting point. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, like that's why most of the times like affordable housing and like at least in apartments needs to be um, rentals, you know, because of that, um, that um, covenant on, you know, common charges or something. 
but there's always an association, right? Right. And you, you know, you do have to pay your monthly fees, even if the apartment itself is only $200 a month, if the common charges are, you know, 1200 a month, then you're already looking at something that's approaching an affordability. And that's the other thing, like, what's our definition of affordable? Like, is anybody actually, you know, I mean, you've heard about that before people say they're going to do affordable housing apartments, and then suddenly it's, you know, $3,500 a month for a one bedroom or you know, not necessarily out here, but other places. Uh, yeah, it would have to it would have to work with whatever the uh, you know the guidelines are. I guess uh, I guess there's like grants out there to help people like like Adam Potter develop affordable housing, right? Is that I don't know anything about that's yeah yeah. There's there's financing and how it would work with a mixed use building. I have no clue, you know, because some of it's affordable, some of it isn't. But there you know there are tax credits and things like that and down payment assistance. Um, you know, maybe, and if it's mm -hmm. a purchased apartment, I think yeah. that would, that would be one way to make it really uh, affordable. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. And, and part of this, any big project is going to require variances. I mean, if you, if you put a, 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 you know, a dormer on a house in Sag Harbor Village, there's a pretty good chance that you would require about four or five variances because the lots are all small and irregular and, you know, the modern mm -hmm. zoning dimensions really don't work. You know, I mean, it's it's so there's yeah. probably going to be some variances here. And um, uh, there's, you know, there are a couple of concerns because, you know, what is allowable? I mean, um, uh, with without that affordable, uh, that affordable um, housing law that was was thrown out by the judge last year, um, there may not be enough land area to build that many apartments unless some major variances are granted you know another issue is um it appears you know from my reading of the code that a um that a performance at a theater is not allowed in the office district it's just it's not a special right. exemption it's not a special exemption use it's it's just not allowed which would require a use variance and then there's another little section that a little ticklish and i want to be careful here because uh, I, um, as I read the code, um, and and as I was directed by someone who's a a, a pretty astute uh, attorney, um, the the um, the village has a law outlined uh, outlaws superstores, which are roughly defined as stores that are bigger than ten thousand square feet, and that definition would apply even if. 10,000 square feet of store was, was divided into eight different stores um, or five different, whatever. Yeah. Um, but mm -hmm. I did hear from um, Tiffany Scarlata, who's Potter's attorney, who said that's absolutely wrong, that because mm -hmm. things like a dry cleaner or a shoe shop or a, you know, a, a, a little retail shop would are already defined in the code that, that the superstore law would not apply there. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it depends on the use, like if it's something that's deemed, uh, you know, is, is that what you mean? Like, as opposed to like a, a chain store, but if it's something that, as I was told is that a superstore is considered anything over 10,000 square feet, even if it's 10 individually owned spaces operating, you know, as a, as one or, or operating under one roof, um, you know, divided, et cetera or you know anything alone but yeah uh, you know and i i don't want to you know none of us are lawyers and i don't want to start to you know try to you know talk about the code because 
that's going to be in in other hands. I mean, the building department will be involved, and the ZBA could be involved, and et cetera, et cetera. So it, that that's a point of contention whether or not the super law superstore law would apply. This is Catherine Manu, and I'm the editor of the Sag Harbor Express and co-publisher with my husband, Gavin, of the Express News Group. Local community news matters more than ever, with misinformation spreading constantly across the internet. We live in the communities we cover. We are your neighbors, your friends, your family. We tell the good stories and, unfortunately, the bad. We focus on your triumphs and losses. But we can't do this without our subscribers. To subscribe, please visit 27East.com slash subscribe. And thank you for your support. I just wonder, too, how does the business community feel about having all of these new shops? Like, is there a feeling that we need more retail space other than maybe some of those those businesses that were um, kind of um, lost their space at the Water Street shops? You know, like, is is there really a need for for that much more retail and does that make the main street um businesses a little bit nervous i would think it would i mean i would think it would too i don't see this as being that big of a of a retail development um yeah and i think you know that there are you know like the water street shops building is is right now is occupied pretty much um there's a i think a few vacancies in there but um a couple maybe uh-huh but they're they're not going anywhere now i mean i mean the the presumption yeah. was that if bay street you know moved there then then you know those places will all be seeking other be out of business or seeking other spots yeah, but yeah. that's not happening right. now. And, and but i mean so like so if there's 10 spaces in this building you know is that um is that too much retail i, I don't you know i I, I'm not the judge. Like you said, if it's the kind of retail that they need, like a dry cleaner and a shoe repair, like it would be kind of interesting to try to get, you know, businesses in there that are lacking now in Sag Harbor and really, you know, curate what goes in there. But I don't know if you can legally do that. If yeah. somebody's willing to pay the rent and they want to sell Gucci no. bags, yeah. you know, I mean, yeah. Go, right. Yeah. It is well, if, it turned, if it was more, more year round kind of businesses rather than, um, you know, summer focused yeah. businesses, then that might be more acceptable. But again, can you regulate that kind of thing? You know, I guess as a yeah. landlord, he could, he could curate. Well, you can lease to, lease to whoever you want. want. Right. So, but if somebody's coming in with a, with cash in hand, you right. know, it's hard to turn them down. But I think that might be a more palatable way to sell the, the development to, you know, the other businesses. If it's, you know, I mean, that's the thing that's interesting is like, I've heard about other towns that have really curated their main streets by like making, like buying up, um, like, I mean, not this kind of place, of course, more like these blighted Midwest, like where Steve and I come from, but buying up, um, you know, storefronts that are sitting empty, turn it into a nonprofit and then controlling who they bring in there and making sure mm -hmm. it's a business that the community needs and wants, as opposed to, um, you know, Walmart or something like that. Um, so it's interesting because I have heard about like main streets being curated that way through a nonprofit, but this is kind of a different animal. And I don't see Sag Harbor doing any curating anytime soon. You know? uh -uh. Uh -uh. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. And the other thing is, I mean, do you know the whole, I mean, do we need a, a museum space? Do we need, an, I mean, I'm the arts editor, but do we need another theater space? You know, Bay Street says they're, they're going to stay where they are, you know, are we, are we just getting too much? And like, do the nonprofits need office space? Um, you know, everybody's working from home now, you know what I mean? No. It seems like, 
um i don't know i'm just having a hard time wrapping my head around um you know some of that i mean it's great i mean i you know i'm happy about well, maybe, stamps and maybe, maybe they could do hot lunches for the school kids i mean isn't that uh... <laughs> maybe they could maybe you could make a skateboard park in the oh there you go indoor skateboard park. Indoor skateboard park yeah <laughs> you know that's one thing that they've always they've never been able to kind of put up at the park so you know i don't know maybe an escape room yeah there you go those are that would be cool that is that's that would be cool you know indoor pickleball is another sound <laughs> <laughs> do they do that is there an indoor i've never heard of indoor pickleball i guess it's possible there right yeah shouldn't that, be that too would, hard no it really shouldn't it doesn't um, take that much room but I guess yeah. that's the thing, like the fighting, you know, and trying to come to a consensus of what Sag Harbor needs and wants, right? But doesn't want too much of. Yeah, and and that, I mean, it's you know, it's still a free market. Yep. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. And and he, I mean, Adam Potter bought a lot of property, and um, you can argue if he overpaid for it, if he underpaid for it, if you know, if he. I, one other element that I, that I just sort of entered my mind recently is that um, there's what if these buildings are considered contributing structures under the the um the historic district right and i don't yeah. know that they are i think i think one or two of them might maybe they're pretty and cute actually. so therefore they you know they yeah. may not you may not be able to raise them in order to build a bigger building uh -huh. um, so mm. that as well i mean um yeah and then there's the question of what is going to happen to those westwater street shops now that they're we're on the market yeah like what can happen there you know um and we've never been clear like why the why the entire bay street theater plan went away you know was it a difference of opinions did they not like the new code and what it allowed there or didn't allow there very confusing yeah because they unveiled sketches for a theater in april of 21 and mm -hmm announced at the end of 22 so a year and a half, roughly a year and eight months later that it was that they were putting the property on the market right yeah bay street was happy to stay where it was after they had said that they needed to move hmm. so it's a little confusing yeah well, i mean i think i mean i think there are just there's a lot of uh a lot of balls up in the air i mean yeah on, uh, yeah, yeah yeah you know i mean yeah but it's yeah so do you have any sense of when um, these plans might be submitted to the village? Is there any? Um... Well, the, the expectation was for this week. And so I assume that they will be in, I would assume soon. Anyone taking bets on what, what's going to happen next? <laughs> Not me. No, me neither. Well, you know, we posted the story on, on Thursday morning, uh, the uh, the 3rd, and almost immediately there were some negative comments on on social media. So it's um I, I think he's right when he expects that there's going to be issues that that there will be issues and um you know there will be some opposition from the community but i i would think that you know again some of this um, um community benefit that he's talking about might um might sway some people i mean i think there's also that whole idea that you know like the the opposition to the previous plan was was painted as a uh, a dislike of affordable housing but i don't think that that was really i think that was um maybe not exactly accurate right no I, I don't i don't believe that either i mean you know 79 apartments um yeah they might be one of one bedroom apartments and they may have two people in them but that's that's a huge influx of density in a very small problematic area yeah 
and you know, part of that plan had there was no green space for the people who lived in those apartments. I mean, so you think about it once. So you go to work, you work in a restaurant, you come home, and you're in a you know 700 square foot apartment, and you you can't even like go outside and lie in the grass, <laughs> you know. And so yeah, exactly. You don't have any place to park your car, and, and no place <laughs> to park the car, etc. You know, so yeah, I, mean, I think that. Um, although I, I, you know, I don't know that Sag Harbor desperately needs another park now that uh, Steinbeck Park is is open. Right. That's my question about the need for Simplice. You know, is it a little bit off base? You know, he, quite frankly, he could he could make it a you know a, just, it's just a, a public amenity. Um, but but I mean, I think it's better to have it open uh, some open space for the people who, if there's going to be apartments there, to have some kind of some kind of space for them to get outside. Yeah. And he has to figure out how to recoup some of that investment, you know, yeah. um, especially yeah. now that it does the, 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 the um, whole idea of what's happening at the 7-Eleven properties up in the air, you know, that that whole grand vision is just not, not probably what he was looking at when he bought into it all. Yep. Right. I have a feeling this is not the last we're hearing of this. Nope. No, this is, <laughs> this is definitely not the last we're hearing of this. This is going to keep, Village board is going for a couple of years. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27East.com, and SagHarborExpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.